welcome to the Hunter's Hub. Uh, your host, Fortwan here, uh, joined by co-host Haru. How are you doing? Oh, you know, it's just me. Guy who makes poor bets about Monster Hunter announcements that have not happened yet. Yeah, I know. It's kind of disappointing, but uh, maybe we'll see something. Even then, we didn't... But we're not talking about that on this podcast, to be clear. Okay. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, well, I, you know, we don't do this very often, but in case you're tuning in, you haven't listened before, we're kind of a general gaming podcast out of the, uh, we met through Monster Hunter, you know, we're both very involved in the Monster Hunter community, so we decided, hey, let's have a Monster Hunter podcast, and then it turned into general gaming from a Monster Hunter background, but, um, that's sort of a little bit about us, uh, normally, uh, we don't like we didn't used to get into like general stuff but we're doing that now and today we're going to be talking about a lot of games that we're anticipating uh largely because of the nindies direct this past thursday um for reference this is saturday evening um on uh, march 23rd that we're recording um <laughs> so yeah it's been a couple days uh, a couple things have already come out out of that nindies direct too which is kind of crazy um none of the good stuff though yeah well i mean what kidding kidding (laughs) i mean i don't i don't know i haven't i haven't got the blaster master zero yet or blaster master zero two i guess i I liked the first one and i'm gonna play the second one but i don't have much else to say about it because i bought it and i haven't played it so anyways um yeah we'd like to also thank uh wolfie melon for the intro music that's well passed by now (laughs) and the outro so uh i guess we'll just sort of get into it uh we like to start off with uh what we've been playing recently uh since we last recorded and you know what they say the devil's in the details tis true um so uh for me uh i'll start us out uh i've been playing diablo one again uh I, i think i made it pretty clear i was uh extremely excited to have diablo one available to the public again because it's been like literally like 10 years since you could buy it it's i don't to my knowledge it's never been legally digitally until now um it's always been in the battle chest along with diablo 2 and lord of destruction so super excited uh i bought that like really soon after it came out um been playing a lot of it um i actually intend on doing something crazy crazy for me so i actually play this game annually like, I actually try to play it every year and beat it, um, which I've been pretty successful for so far. And if you ever saw them, which you didn't, I actually, before the podcast, had a YouTube channel where I did a playthrough of Diablo 1. It was awful. Mm. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like Diablo. You can, make a, you can make a whole Let's Play channel. It's just Let's Plays of Diablo 1. <laughs> That's forever kind of, that's kind of what it was at first um so like what's the I, I, like i like diablo one a lot I like diablo two a lot I like diablo three a lot and i like them all separately but uh, diablo one is special because like uh when i was like eight i had pc gamer magazine and like that came out uh that like diablo like had a full like four page spread and it was, I was like, I need to play this. And I get to play it for like four years. And I just like poured over those four pages for like four years. Even though it had come out like, I don't know, 
six months after that spread in PC Gamer. I just wasn't allowed to get it. <laughs> so I like obsessed over this game and I finally got to play it and I kind of fell in love with the series since. So I still enjoy the first one a lot and I've been playing it. Um, like I said, I'm going to do something a little crazy with it. I'm actually going to try to beat it with all three classes. Uh, I've only ever beat it with the warrior or yeah, I think he's called the warrior, the melee guy. I, there's also the sorcerer and the uh, rogue, which I'm going to do. Um, oh, so it's sort of before Blizzard had like ten plus classes in their right games. Right. Well, yeah, they they um yeah they 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 had five in uh, Diablo two to begin with, and they added another two. And there's like what eight now in Diablo three. There was five, and they added two, so it's seven. Which they added Necromancer back. Anyways, yeah, I've been playing Diablo 1, and it's been fun. Uh, it's super old and super hard, and they didn't fix anything, including duping. Uh, do you know about duping, Haru? Uh, in Oblivion, sure. Sure. It's pretty. It's a pretty simple concept. You duplicate items. It's super simple to do in Diablo 1. You literally put an item on the ground, and you take a potion out of your inventory at the exact same time you're picking up an item after you click on it. So it's rendering two items and the memory can't couldn't hold it or something like that in the old game. Like the game couldn't. So it just replaces the item that you just picked up out of your potion belt with the item that you just tried to pick up. Um, have you seen the like duplication things in, in Oblivion specifically? Mm -mm, I have not. Oh man, it's 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 not it's it's not just like a like an inventory glitch or anything. It's it's so good because all the items in Elder Scrolls are like physically rendered, like three D, mm -hmm. uh, when you drop them. So what you do is you have to draw a bow and then you hit start, go into your inventory and drop an item, and then it just like spills out into the floor, like duplicates this item. It's like a it's like a cursed, huh. uh, enchanted uh, goblet or something. And you just like can pick them all up from the floor. Wow! It, it's just kind of silly. Yeah, that sounds a little silly. I mean, it's kind of silly duplicating items by replacing it with a potion too. So, <laughs> programming bugs, which I I I guess I can talk about this, um, but I haven't told you yet, Haru. Maybe I have. Um, I've actually been making a game, and. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it for my job. So I'm not going to talk about it too much because we are going to be selling this game. But like, I never thought I'd get into gaming development. That was like a, you know, like a long forgotten dream I had. And now I'm doing it. So it's kind of weird. So now like I'm looking at everything through like a micro, like a, like a microscope at games. Like, ah, oh, I now understand the pain they're living. Granted, I'm not very far, but <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Uh, did you? Can you say which company you joined? Oh, it's um my dad's company, and if it functions, it's just what I've been working in in the past, you know, like since October. So he just he's like, hey, it would be really awesome if we had a game to sort of like sell our products to the certain industry, and so I'm making a game catered to that industry, which is weird. But yeah, huh. that's kind of like when we don't have things to do. That's what I do is make a game now. 
<laughs> right. And you know, you're you're always just free up, frankly. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I have a lot more free time than I did with my, you know, old 9 to 5 stuff in an office. You know, working in a local family business, you get you get some downtime sometimes, and that's where it goes now is game development. So, okay. Um, but yeah, um so you mentioned you've played this before. Are you currently playing it? Um, so I've been playing Stardew Valley. Uh, what about you? Are you currently playing it, or did you play it before? Oh, I played it like a year ago. Same here. Uh, I, just just through the, like the first year. Yeah, I, I I played it on Switch. I uh, put like a uh, hundred and sixty hours into it. Um, I kind of beat it in quotations. I got the all the candles lit, and then Grandpa was happy with me, and the farm was saved, and blah 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 um so i'm about a third of that <laughs> well that was last year uh i started a new save um because someone else i know has been playing it we've been doing the co-op together um uh a little bit but that also kind of inspired me to make my own save and i never did anything but the standard farm and now i'm like making like i'm a fisherman not a farmer so like i have maybe planted like 20 things in my save, and why, I'm just Why fishing. would you do that to yourself? Ever. What? Do the fishing? The fishing minigame of that game. I love that game. The fishing minigame is the worst fishing minigame I've ever played. I love it's it. so I lo- irritating. I love it so much. Like, I'm not even kidding. Uh, for viewers, it's it's like a little bar, a vertical bar appears, mm-hmm. and the fish floats up and down, and it bobs up and down this bar, and you, ha- and you have a cursor that you have to highlight the fish with. Mm-hmm. And the only way to move that cursor is to tap A quickly or slowly, and the quicker you tap it, the further up the bar it moves. And it has this bobbing, delayed motion thing that's just, it just wants you to fail this stupid minigame. You know, you can hold the button in and it goes up. Mm. It did on the Switch, at least. Really? Yeah. Well... <laughs> That might be why I hate that movie. <laughs> I mean, on the PC, um, I just click. You just click in with the left mouse click and hold it in, and now it does it too. So it's more about like tap and release than. I mean, you when you want to keep it level, yeah, you got to click a bit. But um, yeah, it's I've not had a problem with it yet. I still like it a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been having fun getting rich off of selling fish to a guy. It's been fun. <laughs> which uh, which farm layout did you choose? I, like I assume the water one, right? Yeah, the river one uh, for that save. Uh, the the one I've been playing with a friend of mine. Uh, we just did a standard farm, and like uh, it was, I don't know. Like it, it, they kind of got me back into it, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna start playing again. Of course, it kind of derailed my Diablo one efforts for the time being, but eh. <laughs> I like I like that Stardew has the whole. Uh, relationships mechanic oh i you love can, that yeah you can sort of rank up your uh not social links with other players right. or with other characters right uh, in the animal crossing town kind of thing um yeah i so when i played <laughs> when i played uh a year ago i played uh, I, I, I ended up marrying Haley, which is the blonde girl. 
and everyone was like, oh, Haley sucks or whatever because, like, she's super snooty and that kind of thing. But, like, I took it as a challenge when she's like, you'd be cute if you didn't wear this dirty farmer clothes or something. And I was like, got it. I'm going to marry this girl. And I did. Wait, is she the one with the curly hair that's sort of like a valley girl or something? Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That No. I know. <laughs> Everyone's like, no. I was like, but, I was like, hear me out. She actually has a really good character arc. Like, uh, when you start building a friendship with her and going into a relationship with her, she actually is, ends up being, like, a better person. Which is, I don't know, not super realistic in real life. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, I mean, it, it can happen, right? But, like, it, it was, I don't know, I found it an interesting arc. Uh, I just, I don't know. I wasn't into the whole girl that eats rocks thing that everyone was into. Um, Abigail. Hey, I'm, I'm ex- excuse me? What? Girl that eats rocks? Yes. Literally, there is a girl that if you give her a rock, either she pretends or she does eat it. Uh, so when you give her gifts, her name's Abigail. She's the... Oh, so she just accepts the rock as a gift. But she says yum. And that kind of thing, like it's crazy. Like, oh, that's just weird dialogue, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. She, but they say she eats rocks. They, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So that's it. That's it for Stardew. Um, I enjoy. Like it. Uh, she takes the the gem and it's like, thanks, Goro. <laughs> it's like munch, munch, munch. Here, here's this oversized sword. Shoves it, shoves it into your arms. I just, I just want. An, Oc- an Ocarina of Time dating simulator. That's more of a dating simulator than Ocarina of Time already was. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha. Um, okay. Uh, so, again, we're kind of blowing through this, but that's good because we have a lot to talk about today. Um, I started playing Breath of the Wild again also. Um, uh, I started because I never got the DLC, the whatever expansion pass. Um, so I decided to go ahead and pick that up. Uh, so I started playing immediately the the extra heroes quest, whatever it is the the champions ballad or something like that, where you're you got it, yeah that, um, that so I like there's a beginning part like have you played the champions ballad or the other kind of DLC stuff? Yeah, it was. All reused content, not a single new thing. Well, maybe like the final boss was semi-new. Okay, I haven't haven't got that far. Yeah, I didn't get the bike. I haven't got that far. So essentially, from what I understand, um, and I'm not worried about spoilers because this DLC has been out for over a year. Uh, The beginning part of the quest is here's a weapon that one hit kills things and you get one hit killed do like do these four like areas kill every monster a shrine pops up do the shrine and then like once you complete that hey you finally have life again that was interesting but kind of annoying too like it took me a long time just to kill all the monsters in certain areas i think the worst one there's a there's one in the uh sort of ice area of the map the 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 cold area well, the larger cold area. Is this all on the Great Plateau, or is it all over the map? The I beginning really part is around the Great Plateau. It's not always on it. There's a, I think there's a couple parts that are not on the Great Plateau, but it's it's in that central area. Uh, and then 
the larger quest opens up and it's it's more around the areas of the um beasts whatever they call them the yeah you have to go to the different regions and talk to the bird boy yes uh which funny i'm actually doing rivalis right now or i just finished rivalis um which is the bird boy um, no i mean like the, the oh, bird bard the bird bard yes i don't remember his name but yeah even though uh, Cass. yeah that's right i've seen it all day but yeah <laughs> um but anyways like so the, the that first part uh, is kind of difficult and then you do these dungeons which are kind of difficult and then you do like hey go to these shrines and then it's sort of like do you remember there's part in the game i don't know if you did it but they're like hey look at this picture and figure out where you are it's like hey three of those per beast now each of those three are oh, fortran i did i did everything breath of the wild I did. I did everything. I did almost <laughs> everything. Game. Almost. I didn't find all the monsters. For some reason, <laughs> I have nine hundred Korok seeds and a piece of golden shit oh on my, my save file. God. Thank you very much. I cannot believe you did the Korok seeds. That's like the one the, thing I. And Nintendo gets do. a big double middle fingers up back from me for playing their game. Uh, okay. Literally, literally, you get a golden piece of shit. I, did, I know. Stuff. I've heard about it. I'm not doing it. I have like 400 Korok seeds, but I'm not. I'm not doing the extra 500. No way. I like. I get them if I find them. That's it. That's it. Like, yeah. I. But <laughs> anyways, like you have to go like do a bunch of quests and that kind of stuff. And I felt like the new shrines are kind of cool. Um, they're definitely more challenging as far as like puzzles go. Um, more challenging than the other ones. Not saying they're t- particularly difficult. They just take a more effort than the other puzzle dungeons, I would say. Although one of them, uh, I, I guess this is still when you had the one shot. I was like, uh, oh, it's one of those battle shrines where you have to fight one of those giant mecha things and has like three arms and that kind of thing. Like this is gonna be easy because I just have to hit it once, and then the floor opens up and you have to kill like seven of the small ones that just are harder to hit and i'm like oh oh this is where the difficulty comes (laughs) but yeah it's i don't know it's been interesting um so i've gotten the cutscene for rivali um her name starts with an m she's a fish girl mifa yeah and then um daruna the Goron. Oh, I have no idea what the Goron's name is. Yeah. Daruk? Daruk, something like that. Never mind, I do have some idea what the Goron's name is. Yes, yeah, and he's afraid of dogs, which is kind of funny, but yeah. Uh, so I just have um, the uh, Gerudo girl to, to do. And that's it. And then I'll be done with the chant. Well, and then there's a third part where you do this final-ish boss thing that is a as far as I understand, a conglomeration of the four. Um, I I really don't know what the point of this DLC was. I would. It was for those cutscenes, but it seems like it was a smaller DLC team than the entire Zelda studio. Who knows with them at this point? Um, but it's mostly just reused content. There's no new puzzles or mechanics in the shrines. It's all using the same freaking four items from the start of the game. Right. Uh, and the dungeon at the end, that's just kind of another Divine Beast. It's not an actual Zelda dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah. And then they give you a bike to complete the rest of the no game with. Which yeah. I I puzzle at the efficacy of. Well, I I also intend on doing the Master Sword quest. The one where you go down the hundred levels of survival dungeon or whatever. Or uh, I don't know if it's a hundred. I think it's just fifty or something, but yeah, that was that was the thing. Uh, so I do plan on doing that too. Um, I just never did because uh, I didn't. What annoys me about these DLCs is that it's like it's, and I mean Breath of the Wild in general. Like all of the shrines are just like Assassin's Creed levels. It's like reused content, reused assets, even just abounds. It's it, it's really clinical, you know. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do miss the more intricate personalized dungeons, uh, the previous Zelda games for sure. Um, uh, I, I, you know, like Ocarina of Time is my favorite Zelda and almost every, every dungeon is kind of fun to go through. I even like the water temple, even though everyone says it's so bad. It's just a lot of backtracking guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm in a second that become become good at puzzles, not just combat. Right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's it's not it's not bad. But like I don't like the shrines in particular, but I think some of them are really cool and then other ones are okay and then there's some that are like, okay, why am I even here? Um but like they're really hit and miss a lot of time. But yeah, they're never gonna stand. They're nothing. Even the divine beast no, doesn't come close to an average Zelda dungeon, which I think is where a lot of the disappointment comes from. Um, the, I think the problem is that just the items didn't give you enough of a range of activity. Like you can do these four things, and that's it. And they made so like more puzzles than are in any other Zelda game, or ever needed to be. Or you, out of those four things. Or you could be like me and completely forget stasis is a thing. Like, oh my gosh, I keep like I just like I just jumped right into doing this this champion's ballad. Like I didn't even think about like just goofing around first to relearn the game. I had such a hard time with the water fight, which is the first one I did because I forgot stasis was a thing. <laughs> the thing so. about stasis is the is the momentum storing is a cool mechanic, but it's never really used for anything. Like you don't have to shoot hoops or shoot a far off switch because you can just climb up there. Well, there was cool things like did in you most ever, cases. Do you ever see the the fastest way to get across the map? Do you ever see speedruns? Oh, speedrunners can go play another game. Well, I'm just serious. I'm serious. Like the the way they use stasis in that is just amazing. Like they basically make tree rockets, like attach themselves to a tree and launch the tree. Yeah, but the physics was too situational, so you'd always get flung off of it. And I mean, you yes. couldn't actually do anything cool with it. I mean, but it was cool. Like in practical terms, when you're not like perfecting this over three thousand attempts. Right. Yeah, I mean, yes, I agree. Yeah, it's it's kind of a high level thing that is not. Um... <laughs> yes, I I agree, but I I think there's at least some things you can do with it. Um, this the way I forgot uh, the way to use stasis because like the water fight, these throws these ice cubes at you. I don't know how I beat it before because I know I didn't use stasis before. But I was like, wait a minute, I stasis the ice cube and hit it back at him. Oh, because the. The stupid boss fights, they don't allow you to have your normal equipment. You have whatever they give you. 
and like you have like six arrows in the water fight or nine or something like that it's like super low and i rely on the bow and arrow a lot in breath of the wild did, did you uh did you appreciate the hazy like semi sepia no. filter they put over all the boss fights when no. you did the wind waker <laughs> boss gauntlet thing no <laughs> i appreciate it so much especially since there's never any film in hyrule so there would be no old-timey brown footage to blaze that visual filter off of. well i don't know what you're talking about brown but there was one it was like super green thick fog that when i was fighting the uh the the air the air one yeah it was it was so hard to see. Uh, I didn't die. The only one I died on was the water one. But, like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was just annoying. I mean, it was annoying enough in Wind Waker when they made it black and white. But, jeez. Yeah. Funny story. I never played Wind Waker till the uh, Wii U remake. <laughs> so, I like that one, though. I like Wind Waker a lot. Um, so, yeah, that's it for uh, Breath of the Wild. Um what about, uh, you've been playing For Honor? Yeah, I just started this game a little bit and played through the early levels of the of the first campaign. I don't know if there's multiple campaigns or... Anyway. As far as uh, I know, there's just one. So, so you start off in being defending a besieged castle. Right. And you go through all the tutorial things and chop dudes up and dodge and parry and uh, uh, do the different stances of blocking... Uh, and then you duel a guy and you beat him. So he says, sure, we'll stop defeating the castle. We'll stop sieging the castle. Mm-hmm. Come with us. You're one of our members now. And it's like, what? <laughs> Is that how medieval work combat works? Do you, you have to join the, the enemy team if you, <laughs> if you win? Hmm. But anyway, then you're, uh, on the team of the yellow and black kind of skull bandit faction and you go through... You're going through various territories to defend them. Uh, the melee combat itself is pretty, uh, pretty meaty. You get different. You, you get like a normal light and heavy attack, and there's mm-hmm. some combos I haven't totally figured it out, depending on the character class you're playing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which is different and, per faction. Ugh. Yeah, they, they rotate them as you go through the, the story missions. Right. Uh, the different character classes have different weapons. There's the different... Right now, I think I'm only playing the Knights faction, but there are... There's... Knights, Samurai, and Vikings. I, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was Vikings or, like, Celtic Warriors or something, but... It's it's Vikings. Okay. Huh. Uh, I was actually super hyped for this game. Uh, like, when it was coming out, I followed it very closely. Um, I'm actually one of the original people that started the subreddit for the game. Uh, I also did that. Really? Yeah, I, I did that for Rage also. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like Rage. Coming back. Oh, dude, I'm I'm ready for Rage too. Anyways, <laughs> um, I actually really like Rage, but I like a lot of id games. Uh, that aside, um, uh, I did not like this game. Uh, it was crazy. I got into the alpha actually. Um, when they did that, they passed out some alpha footage. If you like alpha access, if you, you know, on, um, I think I had it on PS4. Yeah. I think it's a PS4 game. Um, 
it Ubisoft was like, hey, just sign up and you can get into the alpha kind of thing. So I did and I got in and I hated it. Like, I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it takes some getting used to. My friend who I was playing with didn't really get on with the whole system where enemies could change their guard as you were swinging and then block your attack. Yeah. Or your, their stance. Because you, you, you get kind of a triangular guard. It's up, left, down, and, or, or right down. Yeah, yeah, it's directional. So you attack directionally and you block directionally. And it's a cool system. And I actually like that system. What threw me off was like, okay, so here's this awesome one-on-one system where you're constantly ganged up by other people. And I'm like, this just feels bad. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, we were finding that, that, that out in the campaign. If you would... S- flank uh, other hero class characters you could basically or if you would like say your friend he does left and you attack from the right you, you can't miss right. so uh, unless someone has a shield or something weird but yeah I'd say it's an interesting combat system but not even close to revolutionary oh yeah yeah it's... because there's not it's not like you have a sword and it's represented in physical space and you can block with that sword you can still clip through things you just have to win the triangular minigame. Right. Uh, to hit. It's basically playing rock, paper, scissors. Like, it's... <laughs> and it's, like... Uh, it's had It had potential. I was really interested in the system, but, like, in actual execution, it just didn't feel good at all. Yeah, and I, I'm, not, I'm, never, I'm never really a fan of games with lock-on-based combat systems coming from Monster Hunter. Um, right. Yeah. Although it has a lock-on I lock will say... I will say I enjoyed the uh, the the sort of ninja female character, the character class, uh, okay. where you get to attack more quickly, and she kind of does a couple of twirly combos. Okay. And it was so great. <laughs> My friend and I, I want to keep playing this game, at least in a multiplayer setting. Sure. Uh, my friend and I freaked out when I did the... Uh, the guard break and then a guard throw with two taps of that button. Oh, and she like ran up the dude's chest and like backflip kicked kicked him off a cliff. Oh, it was so <laughs> it was okay. so anime, so it, ridiculous. Um, that's that's better. Um, yeah, if I had seen that, I might have liked it more. And there was some other, uh, yeah, like I like the environmental. Uh, attacks, even if there's only like spikes, fire, and cliffs, and uh, th- there was one really cool level that most games, Breath of the Wild uh, included, haven't really attempted, which is it's this Arctic uh, s- sort of like a icy uh, like shore inlet area, and there's sheets of ice, and you have to fight on the sheets of ice, but you have to keep moving because they'll sink. It's kind of like uh, platforms in lava. If you stay on them for too long, they'll just slowly sink. Yeah. Uh, it could it could have been done a little bit better. Like it's just an instant death if you're on the the ice plat- platform when it sank. But it's cool because you were getting fired on by catapults, and the catapults could like crash through the ice and break it there. And you have to find a different path. Hmm. And, you know, I really appreciate that kind of environmental uh, 
interaction and combat or puzzles or whatever. So, that's about all I had to say on that. Okay. Uh, yeah. I... I did, yeah, it's a game that just let me down. <laughs> I was... I was... Um, I was super excited for it. And then I got in the alpha and I was like, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to buy it. No, I'm just not. Um, I actually, uh, I saw it the other day. Uh, it's like $8 at the game store I go to recently. It's like $8 on PS4. And I'm like, no, still not getting it. <laughs> so, um, uh, it was it for, for honor, right? And you were playing the next game, yeah. Which is, uh, I know, uh, Turok. Segway. <laughs> I was gonna. I mean, there's no good way to segue from that to Turok. I've been playing Turok again. Um, this is the original like N64 release. I don't know if it came out on PlayStation at the time or anything else. Um, it certainly wasn't on PC. It was on PC a couple years ago as a re-release. But this PC re-release is what hit the Switch not that long ago. So I picked it up on the Switch. Um, holy cow, I am so much better at this game than I was as a kid. Holy cow. <laughs> and largely because it's twin stick, right? So I'm moving and aiming, whereas it used to be the C buttons to aim, which were really wonky. Now, the character movement is still wonky. The It's also platforming and that kind of stuff, so I'm not perfect at it, but I am so much better at this game. Um, I'm actually not afraid like to not use cheats <laughs> like I was when I play, played it a long time ago. But, oh, man, I love this game. Uh, super, super blocky. Um, it was like, it's I can't I can't remember. Like, I remember liking how it looked back then. But now like, I guess the same thing happened with Mario 64. It's like, oh, my gosh, like how different this looks now that we've seen better things. Um, but, uh, it's still, it's still fun. Uh, it's still fun to shoot people in the legs with a exploding shell and the shotgun and see them pop up 15 feet in the air. It's still funny to shoot them in the neck with a handgun and like blood sprays like 15 feet. And I just sort of like, uh, fall over. It's still goofy. Um, I just like, I don't know. I lo I've always liked Turok. I even liked the, the crazy remake that was on Xbox 360. Like I, I like Turok. So, are there a lot of different enemies with the dinosaurs and things? A lot of a lot of humans. Um, as far as dinosaurs, okay. um, I've only seen, I'll say in quotations, the Velociraptors is what they call them. But thanks to Jurassic Park, you know, everyone gets that wrong. It's not a Velociraptor. It's too big. But the raptors. Uh, there's the raptors and there's these weird cave leapers, I think is what they're called. Um, they're sort of like these four-legged, I mean, they look like, almost like, uh, except with the long tongue and the undead looking thing, uh, liquors from, uh, Resident Evil, uh, I think two specifically. Huh. Uh, they're not as big as the liquor is, in the, at least in the Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, but they're, they're like, you know, decent, like dog sized like things that jump at you. And then there's one that is like really big. It's red. You'll see once in a while, but. They're not really. So it oh. sounds like there isn't a, a wealth of enemy diversity. It's it's mostly in the humans. You get a lot of uh, 
um, like various like grenade throwers and handgun guys and shotgun guys. Okay, so like yeah, like, like weapons for the same class, right? And they have like different armors and different outfits and that kind of stuff. So the enemy variety is there. It's just not as much on the dinosaurs as it is um, people. Um, now, uh, then again, I'm only two levels in. I'm only at level two. Um, so there's the hub world that, no, I'm level two. So technically level three, it's weird. You start in hub world, you have to unlock level one, you get level one and then you, I'm going through level two and I think I started level three or maybe, maybe, um, yeah. And then like, there is an enemy I forgot. There's these weird, like hulked out, like giant muscly dinosaur men. Um, there's, those have been in there too. And there's two varieties. Dino boys? Dino boys, yeah, big ones. Is it like the uh, um, Yanti uh, snakehead people in D and D? No, more like. Um... Oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, how to describe them? I don't really know. They look more like ogres. Okay, but they're sort of like an anthrop- anthropomorphic dino man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cool. Pretty much. Cool. Just super muscly, like well over muscled. Like their upper body is like seven times the size of their lower body. It's ridiculous. But yeah. <laughs> um, super blocky. The gore, you know, in the game is like not impressive compared to what we've seen nowadays. So it's like, oh, wow, we considered this gory back then. Huh. All right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, I've, I've been having fun with it, but I put that down because it's on the Switch. I put that down to do the Breath of the Wild stuff. So I'm probably going to finish it after Breath of the Wild. Um, I was basically playing it till Breath of the Wild was done downloading. <laughs> and then okay. I just, just kind of stopped playing it. Or kept playing it once Breath of the Wild was done. And then the next time I picked up the Switch, I played Breath of the Wild. Right. Um, so but I'll go back to just, it for sure. Just one more question. Mm-hmm. Jankiness on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, gosh. Uh, 8. Super janky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun, but yeah, the jank is there. Um, speaking about jankiness, how about your D&D rogue you want to talk about? <laughs> oh, oh, I have to tell a tale. So yeah. the problem is I haven't actually been able to get into a session and play Dungeons and Dragons, but I have been falling down a character creation hole. Yeah. And to join this new campaign that I'm uh, late coming to, uh, I wanted to make a, I wanted to transfer my storm sorcerer from a, a campaign that's kind of bi-weekly and it's not really like the DM has missed a lot of sessions. We've done one shots and it's not really coming together. Yeah. But in in making that character, I happened upon the Shadowblade spell, and that kind of led me into uh, a whole different train of thinking. Okay. This sounds interesting. Because, just like from a pure mechanical level is where it started, and the Shadowblade spell gives you, eight, it's a bonus action, it gives you a weapon that deals uh, 2d8 uh, psychic damage with a hit, and it gives you advantage whenever you're in dim light. Oh. So, you know. So, like, just super hiding in thing. a shatter, shadow? A shatter. When you're in a shatter. <laughs> is that. Uh, I did not pick the spell shatter. 
no, I was like, that's the that's the backwards hick coming out of me. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, I said, okay, well, I have this. Technically, I can, I it's it's concentration, but I can cast booming blade as an instant uh, whenever I attack with it, and I can do that in the same turn even as I summon it because it's just a cantrip. So booming blade adds another. Um, at fifth level, it adds another d8 to your initial hit, and it has that effect uh, where if the enemy moves, they take uh, 2d8 damage at fifth level. Mm-hmm. Uh, thunder damage. So now I've got 3d8 damage, and I just at this point I was like, well, Storm Sorcerer is melee, but I just kind of want to hit things, so right. I, I went over to a rogue and an arcane trickster. Okay. Uh which gets up, gets up to fourth level spells if you play a whole campaign with it to max level. And it only gets a couple spell slots uh, because of that. And it's limited to mostly enchantment and illusion spells. Mm-hmm. But this uh, Shadow Blade is an illusion spell. Um, and with Sneak Attack, you can get all the Sneak Attack die as well uh, because the blade gives you advantage if you're in the dark. Right. Uh, which is the only condition for Sneak Attack. Right, yeah, I just have advantage, yeah. And then I took, uh, because I wanted to just make a, just a just a terrible, terrible, evil character for my DM, which I made a high elf. Um, and I took elven accuracy, which gives you, like, triple advantage whenever you have advantage. Oh, gosh. So, so I, just, I just can't wait to crit with this character. I got three rolls for attack, man. It's <laughs> good. I you know, I do have uh, a D and D story. Uh, I didn't think I did, but I just remembered this. Um, I've talked about Nil, right? So my my elf that is a parody of Link. We are actually mm-hmm. doing the Zelda dungeon, and we are in um, the iconic uh, uh, what do you call it? The Dodo Gama's Cavern, uh, Lizalfos. Dodongo's Cavern. Dodo Gongo, whatever. <laughs> Dodongo, however you say it. Big lizard dude cavern um, where. Uh, that happens a couple times in the game where you you get locked in a room, a bunch of pillars over lava. Right. You have to fight the Lizalfos. And that's the fight we're in. And we have to make jump checks to jump between the pillars and stuff. And it's lava. It is severely... That's not good. Uh, So we almost lost two characters, including Nil. Um, So uh, my brother, who is the DM, was being a little generous. uh, A little. Um, So... What had happened is Nil was uh, with, um, I can't remember her name, uh, but I don't want to say her real name. We'll just call we'll just call her the token girl of the group. There's a, one of our players' go- girlfriends. That is, oh man! Yeah, I mean we call her the token girl, so it's not like um. Anyways, anyways, for that aside, she's a barbarian. She's fighting one of the Zolfos. I come up behind. Uh, I cast the spell jump on my ranger. Uh, Nil does, so I can jump easier. So I don't even have to roll. I can I can make it on a one. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to jump. However, the other Lizalfos jumped on the same platform where I was at and did a strength check to knock me off, and he did. And I was like, oh, no. What happened? Um, so he's like, okay, I need you to make a dex check to catch yourself so you don't fall. I failed the dex check. I have 22 decks. I roll really low. So it was like way bad. Uh, and then I was like, okay. Um, so I have a fire resistant shield. 
does this help me? <laughs> and he was like, okay, I need you to make another dex check to see if you can get it uh, behind you in enough time. So I ended up landing on the shield and sort of surfing, but I still took a lot of damage from like splashing the lava on me. So I went down to six health, uh, and we ended up like a... So you're, at that point, you're just full Legolas. You're just uh, an elf, well, spins around, takes see, out a shield, I, surfs it down. I wish it was that cool. I landed on my back, and I was like on a turtle in the lava. Like, it was still floating there. He's like, you have exactly one turn to get out of this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So, okay, so your real life, what Legolas would be. Um, like, yeah. like the IRL physics version of that. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, I got out and then, uh, our rogue also, so the two dex guys failed the dex checks, by the way, everyone else is fine. Uh, the ranger and the rogue, uh, so he are failed. You, does he have like reliable talent or is he, are you, are you at that level yet? We're seven. So I don't know if he does, oh, okay, so no. does or not. Um, uh, uh, but he landed in the lava and he's like, and he looks at my, uh, the, the, the rogue looks at my brother and he's like, Hey, um, so I have this ring that prevents all fire damage for one turn. He's like, okay, you have one turn to get out of the lava. So my character does the jump. Uh, I critically success the decks to get over there, the athletics or whatever. Um, so I get two chances to pull them out of the lava. My second chance, I pull them out and we finish it. So like I saved myself and a friend from dying in lava. Uh, but like, it was, it was very harrowing. And I was like, I literally have to reroll a character. The moment he was like, you lost the strength check. And I was like, all right, time to roll a new character. (laughs) Um, I do have a What is uh, Nil's favorite terrain as a Zelda ranger? Uh, forest. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because go carry it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, at the risk of going on too long. Sure. I had just. I just want to tell you the concept of my character. Sure. That I kind of backronymed out of the stats of, of her. So I wanted to make, I always play like kind of adolescent, you know, 20 something characters. And I wanted to play a, uh, like a really old elf. So the concept for this character was to be like, a uh, hippie elf grandma. Okay. <laughs> uh, and just, just be the worst, just be the worst person. Just be the worst person. So she's an arcane trickster so the whole idea would be that she would uh have stolen uh you know spell tomes and little scraps of spell uh spells written on parchment from some academy and gotten kicked out (laughs) expelled from her city Mm -hmm. uh, for being a thief uh as a high elf and then she would internalize that so much that she would have rejected that society and tried to like connect with nature and like pretend to be a wood elf and um oh man it it's kind of just a a bad idea in general (laughs) that that the gag is i'm going to tell my party i'm a wood elf because she's like lying to people that she's a wood elf 
she's like lying about her race, like that one uh, oh. white lady in the NAACP who claimed to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, oh man, like I want them to be just like, and and like she's gonna be like this like this hippie kind of dreamcatcher necklace. It's like a druidic focus, and she's gonna pretend to cast all her spells through that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's arcane magic. Okay. <laughs> and, like, be, like, sleight of handing a component pouch behind her back while she does it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I just want them to be obnoxious and to just, like, like really condescend to the wizard and the party. Because, like, oh, wow, your spells aren't from... Uh... Oh, you, you have to learn your spells in a book? Hmm. I, mine are just with me, you know, because I'm just, like, so in sync with nature, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, I just don't know, rub it in. Gag idea. Right. Okay. Huh. That's fun. <laughs> most of most of my characters are very serious backstory. Everyone died, kind of things. But I wanted to. I don't know. I wanted to try someone a little bit different. As, he's a rogue. You gotta make kind of a terrible person, right? Uh... Like a kleptomaniac at the very least. Anyway. Right. Okay. So, we wanted to talk about video games, normal video games, that we were anticipating. Yes. Um, yeah, so this is sort of like our bigger topic. It's going to kind of roll in with the Nindy Direct kind of thing that we that we talked about. Um, so, like, I have a really quick one. I don't have much to say on it, uh, but I did, I did end up pre-ordering and getting uh, Sekiro. Um, that came out Friday. Uh, I picked it up Friday, so it's yesterday, actually. Um, I have not played it yet. I have downloaded it. I have updated it. I haven't touched it. I have not seen any gameplay, so I have no idea uh, other than what the trailer they revealed at the Game Awards in December as the last thing I saw on it. Um, I just saw a lot of positive feedback by people from like pre-release stuff. I didn't even watch the pre-release event that uh, Eric's went to. He was there. I uh, didn't even watch that. Like, I just, I don't know. I was like, ah, sure, I'll get it. And then I did. And I was like, okay. Um, uh, but the la- uh, but I only have one more thing on it, actually, is that I pre-ordered it from GameStop because, I mean, I live in a smaller city now, which the, my choices are the used game store that I hang out in on Wednesdays or GameStop, and that's it. There's no Best Buy or I guess I could go to Walmart. But, um I don't go to Walmart <laughs> for games specifically. Um, uh, you get a a katana, small katana that is a letter opener as like a pre-order bonus. And it's the only thing I that was good for pre-ordering it. And I didn't even know. They just handed me this box and I read what it was. I was like, okay, I got a letter opener. So... Now I have a couple gaming letter openers because people getting them for gifts, like presents and that kind of stuff. So I have like the Master Sword in the pedestal from Ocarina of Time as a letter opener. And I now have a katana. So mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with a letter opener, but that's what the pre-order bonus was. And I hope to be playing it uh, sometime this week, but um, our side quest... Uh, you know, I'll plug that for a little bit right now. Uh, Devil May Cry is what I've been focusing on on my PS4, uh, just to try to get that done first. 
Um, so I hate from software games, just all of them. Sure. Uh, the balancing, the hit feedback, it's not fun. Uh, but I played both of the Neo betas for like 50 hours combined and just just beat everything in that and really enjoyed it, even though the difficulty was still fucking wonky. Um, it's interesting to see because uh, Neo clones Dark Souls, or one of them at least, and it made uh, the setting Japan, and it made gave you defined character William, like that one kind of gruff uh, male protagonist guy. Uh, and Sekiro seems to be almost cloning the clone, <laughs> in that it's also going back to Japan, and you have like a fixed protagonist as opposed to a character creator. Right. So yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Just interesting. I I really liked Demon Souls, which was the first uh, big release they had on PS3. Um, as far you know, as far as I know, or it's like when they first really started hitting the sort of like Souls uh, genre. I would say I've I've heard that King's whatever that they did before was very similar, but it didn't get popular or something. I don't know. Um, but I really loved that. I played Dark Souls. I didn't like it too much. I played Dark Souls 2. I really didn't like it. I haven't played 3, and I hated Bloodborne. So, like, I don't even know why I picked this up, but I did. And we'll see. So. <laughs> it looks it looks more like Bloodborne and the, the speed of the movement. Right. And there's some new mechanics. Like, there's some more, uh, it's not literally as that you're just, like, fixed walking anymore. You can do some kind of rather quick animations. There's a jump button. You can do like a short wall jump up. You can like uh, sidle along ledges and things. And there's a grappling hook. Right. Uh, that's all I really know so far. Okay. All right. But it, yeah, it's it's not as like literally like you walk on the ground. You hit enemy with the weapon. You. Right. Yeah. It's not, I... as, not as uh, rigid in that sense. I still. I think. I think a large part is I really liked Demon's Souls, right? And Dark Souls is the spiritual successor to that series because it was locked up in sort of sort of IP clash, so they had to reboot it, sort of. Um, and I don't know. I just I guess Demon's Souls kind of did it like a, a, in a way that I enjoyed, where it fe- didn't feel it felt felt bad to solo it, like it was hard, but it felt like more connected as far as like, hey, I could get a friend and we could specifically like try to find each other's mark and specifically try to play together um it was a little bit more hoops to jump through than normal playing together but we did it a couple times and i kind of like that more and dark souls went like nope it's just random like you may not even see the sign so like yeah that kind of kind of soured my mood on the game and then like i didn't play much of dark souls 2 and it was just other games i was more interested at the time and like i just and then Bloodborne, I just don't like the fact of the counterattack kind of thing. It's like you had to shoot him with the gun, and I don't like guns and a lot of... like if I'm Oh, having... there's a whole new counter mechanic in this game. Have fun. Right. So, another super hard game. Uh, this one was... Uh, they announced a port of it for Switch and the Nintendo Direct. I, is it out yet for Switch, or is it forthcoming? I don't know. Um, 
I don't know if it actually hit or not. I don't think it has. Um, uh, but I'll look, I'll look it up. You just what, what did you? What were you excited about Cuphead for? Just the fact that um, the pseudo agreement between Microsoft and Nintendo here, like. I'm not going to be playing Cuphead uh, unless I can convince my brother to play it with me. Like, uh, I'm not really interested in uh, a super hard, um, like, uh, sort of, like, shooter that it kind of is. One of those old, you know, 2D shooters, the the old school thing. I don't know. It's almost like a bullet hill game, really. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of, yes. And and I'm not... I, I like those occasionally, but... Um, I'm not w- wanting to bang my head against the wall <laughs> continuously. Um, it looks like it comes out on April 18th, by the way. Ah, okay. But yeah, uh, I was just more in, um, more interested in the partnership that Microsoft and Nintendo were kind of flirting with. Um, there's been rumors that like Xbox is going to try to put some live functionality on Nintendo like Xbox Live, I don't think that's possible. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, well, they already did that to some extent. Well, with Minecraft, yes, but that was because it was no. Minecraft. I mean, they they put Xbox Live on Nintendo for some reason. I, I don't really understand it completely, but did they? I thought that was just a rumor. No. Well, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly, but sorry. Continue on with what you're saying. I just. I thought it was interesting because it's like, you know, we're, we're so used to, uh, to like these sort of like uh, insular pillars of gaming that is, you know, Xbox versus PlayStation and Nintendo is somewhere in that mix. Like, <laughs> and then like, you know, it was Nintendo versus Sega and like, like, you know, like those like, you know, the sort of like, ah, you know, we're against each other mentality that gaming sort of always had. Um, and it's just interesting to me that they're, Microsoft is kind of blending those lines like, eh, you know, maybe, maybe we could just play together. And it's like, but how do you get your exclusivity? And I don't know. It was, I thought it was cool because it's, it's a step forward for consumers, I believe to, you know, to have more of a, Hey, you know, buy the system you want, plan on what you want. I don't think that's going to happen entirely. I don't think we're going to ever see Halo on a, a Nintendo system. Uh, and vice versa, we'll never see Mario on an Xbox. Uh, it's just yeah, not, never. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Not changing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it says the cu- multiplayer of Cuphead will be done through Xbox Live on the Switch. Wow. So, I don't know. Okay. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's even more of a step forward to what I'm saying. Is like, uh, you know, like I guess Microsoft is just sort of like, hey. You know, we don't care as long as you're playing our stuff. If you're playing it through Nintendo, whatever. Like, what if you played for two online subscriptions on the Switch? What about that? That's true. But I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm already paying for two, right? I'm already paying for PlayStation and Switch. Technically, even though Switch was like a drop in the bucket, it was twenty bucks a long time ago. And but I'm already paying for PlayStation, which is like what sixty dollars a year. Something like that. It literally just renewed for me this past week. So, <laughs> yeah, I always buy a PlayStation thing around Christmas time. Right. So, like, years worth. It's not that far fetched to also have to pay for Xbox if you already have. Because, like, 
I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my Switch, and it is my main gaming console. But like, there's just certain things that aren't going to come out on it that I want to play, like Sekiro, apparently. <laughs> or Sekiro could totally run on a Switch if they ported it. I mean, sure, it's not a good-looking game. It looks like most games did in 2014. Right, but I mean, like, given the choice, I would get it on Switch every time. But there are games that don't. Um, I thought Mortal Kombat 11 was going to be that way. Um, but no, it's coming to Switch. Same with Doom Eternal. I'm going to be getting that on Switch, uh, even if it is the quote-unquote lesser version or whatever because of the graphics, but I don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand with Doom. I guess it's cartoony enough, maybe? I don't know. I, I, the... Doom 2016 is on the Switch, and I love it, so... I don't is, know. is that like a game that's programmed more for frame rate? Uh, than graphics, and if you just cut the frame rate in half, you can just put it on Switch. <laughs> I think it's both, actually. Uh, no, actually, it has some... They're really good at their game engines, for whatever reason. They're really scalable. Um, hmm. So, like, uh, the the id Tech 6 that they're working off now has, like, some really good, like, ways to work in different platforms. Like, I think that... The, uh, and it was, a, it was a big leap forward for sort of like uh uh well that's why i was so excited for rage i talked about it earlier because rage was the first game to use the id tech 5 and it was the first thing to use mega textures they talked about mega textures and it sounds like a uh uh it's some sort of like buzzword but it's you know programming thing where like the textures that you're looking at like mega textures are like instead of like here's mountain one mountain two mountain three it's like they lay a texture over the whole background it makes it look it's easier to do, but also makes it more scalable, if that makes sense. Um, and Rage was a decently good-looking game on the PS3. Like I, I that's what I played it on. Uh, so I don't know. Like I, I I'm not like I wanted. I wanted to say I am not a game developer. Well, I kind of am now, but not in that sense. Like <laughs> I don't know enough about it to the to that. You're not like Bleeding Edge, not right. a dog. How do we make someone's face? cry tears of joy <laughs> right but i mean id has always been kind of a leader in the engine department um i mean because id what is it, id tech 3 that spawned the quake stuff which unspawned re- unreal so unreal engine is like some branching tree off of id tech like a long time ago the same way with uh i think unity is also spawned off of id tech in some way it gets it's all it's all like this they're really good at what they do as far as like engines so it makes sense to me that it can run on a on a switch. So, speaking of scalability, mm-hmm. uh, Google this past week announced Stadia, a not console, which is sort of a gaming streaming service and platform that's going to have some partnerships. Right, and they they that showed that company off, works out. They showed off Doom on that. Actually, it was one of the demos. Um, some of the people were like uh, upset because not a lot of people are really up for Google Stadia. Like it's not, I haven't seen a lot of positive stuff for it because uh, as people know, and as I experience out here in the, in the, in the, <laughs> in the woods that I live in, um, a streaming console isn't very viable with the internet speeds that most people have right now. Sure. Some people will have no problems, but like what (laughs) like 
Are you just going to have to be like, all right, everyone turn off every single wireless device in the house. I'm going to turn on my Stadia. Like, like, I don't, I don't know. It just, there's... Yeah, that's because that's the that's the problem of a bottleneck, right? Of your local network right. not being able to handle a connection. And if you're in a city that Google or <laughs> what a concept, maybe the government could install some <laughs> fiber, fiber, fiberglass fiber optic uh infrastructure in uh where the internet it would facilitate a higher internet speed and it work, might function better right but, but uh this isn't sounds like widespread yet it's no way it sounds like they're gonna be offering stadia on multiple platforms like just any sort of device uh like phones or uh, right computer uh, pcs yeah, and tablets, I think, right? Tablets. Yeah, and it, it looks like it's you know it's like oh yeah it's just you know stream streaming from multiple devices and you know you can easily switch between them all and it's like it's really you know like fancy I would say right so it's like Netflix for your games kind of um, except I think you still have to buy them but uh, you know I don't. I don't know. I didn't watch it too much. Um, the reason why I wanted to mention it uh, is is really like the concept of going entirely diskless. As much as people say they want that, that's kind of not feasible still, don't you think? Like it's because yeah, sure, maybe everyone downloads their games digitally now, but they download them and then like they don't have to stream them they download them and run them locally and that kind of thing. And that's not what Stadia is doing, right? It's actually streaming the game. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I download all my games anymore. Um, right. But yeah, Stadia is definitely streaming. Like they do it for you and send you the data. Right. And I'm not sure how viable that next step is going to be yet. Like, it's just not with, well, they, they announced some cool features that actually consoles or PCs can't do, which is you can just, like, capture a state uh, sure. and, like, share it uh, with uh, just just with uh, who, like, you can just, like, save, like, a certain part of the game and send it to someone else and they can start at that very moment, which would be cool if that works. So it's like BitTorrenting except legal. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> you don't know what bit torrenting is? Oh my gosh. Alright. Does it capture the state of my PS3 game and share it exactly from that moment? I don't... Peer-to-peer sharing of files. It's actually the reason why uh, it's, it's, it's illegal. Uh, it's okay. very illegal because you're basically sharing... Like, people do it with movies, games, everything. Like... Uh, they put it up on like a something like Pirate Bay or something. Here's the file, the literally ripped file of the game, and I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, torn it out. And there's like so many like people all together putting out this file, and so many people downloading it. It's weird. Um, yeah, it's I don't know how, how to explain it other than it's illegal and you shouldn't do it, but <laughs> it happens. So torrenting is just um, like you're providing information to the next person instead of buying it. Right. So um so the thing that's with Stadia and next gen Xbox Live um 
I'm not sure if they're going to be, like, enough to support their own individual platforms, but they might end up, like, as providers on, on things like Switch. I'm not sure if PlayStation would ever let them into the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that might be a good thing, that might be a bad thing. Uh, but But they could just... Like, I don't... Even Microsoft... I'm not even sure if they're going to be, uh, w- with their streaming push, I'm not even sure if they're going to make you buy an Xbox to play their games, or an Xbox or a PC. Um, like, they might just offer stuff streaming on Switch, like, you know, Capcom is doing with uh, Resident Evil uh, 7. Hmm. Yeah. In Japan, specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> Capcom is such a weird company. <sighs> I mean, Ubisoft's doing it too with uh, uh, Odyssey. No, yeah, I know. Um, in Japan specifically. Yeah. For some reason. Hmm. Maybe they have better internet infrastructure. Who knows? They probably do. I mean, I yeah, would, they definitely do. Yeah, I, know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even doubt it for a second. Um, Take my life on it. <laughs> um, so, cadence of Hyrule. Right, so this is uh, based off of Crypt of the Necrodancer. Um, I don't know, is it... So this is a question that I legit don't know the answer to, and you asked this too. Is it a standalone game? Is it a different version of Crypt of the Necrodancer? Or, like, I haven't been able to figure that out myself. Other than so you know, purchase it on the full Switch. title. The full title is Cadence of Hyrule, colon, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda, or something to that effect. To that so, effect. so it's akin to Soul Calibur on GameCube, featuring Link. No, it's it's not. This game is not going to be able to be ported to Xbox with all those freaking Zelda IP enemies in it. No, no, no. What I'm saying is it's the Switch's version of the existing game. No, this is a Switch exclusive by all appearances. Uh, okay, you, I think you're... It's the same game, the same base game, which is Crypt of the Necrodancer, but there is Zelda content for the Switch version. Uh, no, it's a new game. New it's entire all... game? Okay. It, you, what they showed in the trailer is a bunch of Zelda-themed enemy types, and to strip that out, all those out and all the Zelda locations, all, all the enemies, you basically have to make it a completely exclusive separate game. Uh, so I think it's just going to be a Switch exclu- exclusive. Oh yeah, no, uh, yeah. There's no way this is not going. Yeah, there's no way this is going anywhere but the Switch. I just figured it was something along the lines of, hey, when you buy the Switch version of Crypt of the Necrodancer, it's Cadence of Hyrule. So I don't know. Yeah, but I think Crypt of the Necrodancer is already on Switch. That uh, might answer and this the is question a sequel. too. Yes. Okay. It's definitely a sequel. The next studio's next project. Uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, for anyone who doesn't know, was a rhythm-based, sort of exactly like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, except the, it's turn-based, but the turns were timed to rhythm inputs. And yes. it's it's pretty quick, so you have to like keep up with the song. Uh, later areas, you'd even have to like press, like uh, you know, basically every second or... Every beat, yeah. Uh, you'd have to take a turn. So it's, it's not like Dungeons & Dragons, you can wait around for a bit and... <laughs> Figure out what your you're going to do. You have to keep you have moving. To, you have to keep fighting. You have to keep doing something. Yeah. And like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, the dungeons are randomly generated, and it's on a uh, rectangular square-based grid, so you only get, like, uh, up, right, left, down, 
Yes. Uh, and there's contextual inputs. So you, if you have a weapon on you, you'll be moving. Uh, and uh, if there's no enemies around, but if you have a weapon with a range of two and you're moving to the right, when, and there's an enemy two spaces to the right of you, you'll attack uh, instead of moving. Oh. And certain weapons have like a lunge mechanic where you'll move and attack at the same time. And it's, it's, it's a very roguelike game. Uh, so you don't actually do an, a separate input for attack. It's just you doing the normal movement. Yeah, there's separate prompts for items and things. Okay. Uh, and that's why I think it really works, because it's not overcomplicated. It's kind of hard to use items, uh, just like mentally. But you basically just have to do four inputs, and you uh, just kind of... The enemies are really intricate. Uh, it's, it's all like done in pixel art, and you can see their wind-up animations. And they have they have def uh, they have concrete patterns they follow, and how they move and how they attack. And so you have to kind of learn that uh, in a satisfying way to uh, circumnavigate them. Sure. Um. So let me uh, let me ask you this. Um... Have you ever played the game or do you just, cause I've never yeah, played it. No, I've played it up to the last second to last area before the DLC. Wow. Okay. Um, it, it, the last area is hard, too hard for me. So, um, I have known about this game for a long time, uh, just from podcasts and that kind of thing. I never, I never played it. I was interested at the time, but I know I just never did. Um, so I watched cause my, my brother, we watched the direct together and he had no idea what this game was. And then we looked at a high level, like, like insta death on missed beat mode. Uh, we watched like a good five minutes of this guy playing and I'm like, Nope, mm -mm, not doing it. Now granted he's playing. On the yeah. You can, side. you can like do alternate characters that have like super hard or easier, uh, mechanics to it, but that's the beat uh, gameplay that I described is just like the basic character cadence, the the girl right. with the sweat uh, do rag in her hair. Yeah, yeah, and she's on the promotional uh, material for a lot of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that looks cool. I don't think I'll be playing it, but um, just about the new game though, I. <laughs> There's a lot to it. Uh, they've done some redesigns of, of uh, the old 2D Zelda enemies, and some of them look interesting. Uh, some look kind of necessarily goofy, uh, given the uh, territory. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually strange because this game looks much more like games like the Minish Cap than any of the current Zelda offerings, which are the grody 3DS top-down ones and the <laughs> and the toys toy slash candy looking uh link's awakening remake right okay uh so yeah i like i like the pixel art for 2d zelda it it seems more befitting okay all right um um so just just before we move on sure uh yeah i i i'm excited to see what they do with the new enemies they've already showed zelda has some uh, spells built in her, into her character. Zelda and Link are playable characters as well. And I'm right. sure there'll be a host more. Um, so you know in 2D Zelda's how Link has that circular wide slash in front of him? Yes. Yeah, the arc slash or whatever. 
Uh, that's completely broken in Crypt of the Necrodancer because most attacks are just like one space or like two squares in front of you. Oh. Sort of like D&D. &D. Um, uh, and there's like weapons of the reach and weapons. I, I guess there is the, the broadsword of the greatsword where it does like an arc in front of you. But things like Link doing the spin attack and hitting all the squares around him is straight up broken. <laughs> so what I'm kind of hoping is if they do a Crypt of the Necrodancer with a little bit of a more gentle difficulty curve, at least towards the later game. Uh, and, you know, it's just like more of a... I don't know, I'd like them to strike the balance between making you learn the enemy types and and not, like, barring progress. Sure. Okay. Because there's some songs in Crypt of the Necrodancer that are just so fast and enemies that are really tricky. Like diagonal movement and weird, weird stuff. Right. Okay. Well, awesome. It's, I don't know. If I run out of games, I might try it, but I'm not... <laughs> I'm not... I'm not, uh... Super... I don't know. Super interested in it personally, just because it, it looks like, uh... I don't know. <laughs> a little too hard for me right now. Uh, I ended up... I talk... it's, it's got a co-op mode, too, actually. Hmm. The first one. So, what you mean is co-op is in, uh your partner can mess up the beat for you. Cool. Oh yeah. If you, if you, it's single screen. If you like walk left and your partner walks right into each other, you will die. Probably. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and the, the new game, I just, last thing I want to say is out in spring, they're saying, so whatever okay. that means it's spring now, it's not out. <laughs> so some point before June, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of like the, uh, 15th anniversary news or whatever we're waiting for for Monster Hunter. There's no news. Nothing is happening. Shush. The state wishes you to be quiet. <laughs> okay. The state of Capcom. <laughs> All right. So uh, next on our list is Pine. Um, and uh, my friend, a uh, good friend from Columbus, has been talking our ears off about Pine ever since it was shown um, because it's procedurally generated like society or s s crazy stuff like that. But essentially I don't procedurally generation. I Yeah. I no, it's like super dynamic on like interpersonal relations between the factions or the people or whatever. Uh, and by the people, we mean the Fox people, the moose people and the wolf people, the furries and scalies and the crocodiles. <laughs> Like, like there's yeah, like, a those are the scalies for sure. Okay. I had to, I forgot that there was crocodiles, but like, yeah, it's like a, um, basically anthropomorphic Canadian warfare. <laughs> like, it's just, wow. Uh, and you play a human for some reason. Like, why wouldn't you just pick one of the, I don't know. I don't know. But like, it's supposed to like dynamically, um, like, build not just you know not just the world and that kind of stuff but also like relations and like social things between the factions also um as i really as I don't think it's procedurally generated levels i really that's I, what he was telling me i don't that I don't would know. suck i really hope that's not true or i don't know but there's a lot of a lot of machine learning to it 
You know what I mean? There's a lot of lot of AI, like high level AI work going into this game, um, which is what had my friends super interested. Um, I just, I don't know. It's not something that I was entirely uh, thrilled with when I when I saw it, but like, I guess it's mostly because I'm playing the human character. It kind of feels like, uh, I don't know, the White Knight Syndrome. Like, hey, here's the relatable character solving the non-relatable character's problems. <laughs> like, uh, it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, but, and also, I want to be a moose. Can I be a moose? I want to yeah, be a moose. in an ideal world, you could play uh, different races, but this is a Kickstarter project, I think. Yes, and it's like yeah. a student game that's evolved into that. True, so, but it's supposed to be this like super high tech AI stuff going into it. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I'd have to have him on to talk about it at some point if we want to do that because like he's, he's way more learned to get the, the game than I am. Um, I kind of forgot about it and then it showed up in the direct and he just went nuts. He was like, guys, it's fine. I'm like, oh yeah, that game you're talking to us about two years ago and haven't. stopped talking about since that's right (laughs) so um i heard about this game a couple months ago uh uh just seeing on kickstarter and online i really uh think it looks looks great visually the environments look uh, fairly detailed uh there's some sort of gathering mechanics it looks Sort of like Breath of the Wild, uh, but built in a real engine and a little bit more dense. I have no idea how they're getting it to fit on the fucking Switch, of all things. Um, when Breath of the Wild had so many problems with its very bland, empty environments. Scalability. Uh, Shrug. <laughs> no, but these are like an indie team developing a Kickstarter game for PC, which are usually like way unoptimized games, you know? But, Shrug. Uh, maybe they're making it work, Uh and yeah, I'm interested to play it because obviously I don't have a PC. I'm glad it's on some console. Uh, I really like just like the setting and the whole idea of just like caveman uh, like survival gameplay. Uh, right. And you know, to an extent, exploration of these like natural environments. I hope they aren't too big or too empty. They say the game takes place on an island where all these creatures are. Hmm. Okay. And there, there seems to be a melee combat system in, in play, and, you know, machine learning, yeah, ta-da, whatever the hell that means. But <laughs> there do, at, at, a, at a basic level, there do seem to be some, a lot of diverse enemy types. Like, you have the little, oh, what were they? Like, the fox people, the little, I think they were, like, uh, yeah, little... Yeah, fo- foxes, yeah. Little almost goblin people, too. Uh, and then the big uh, moose moose people and uh, crocodile people, and they also showed other enemy types that weren't uh, that weren't as NPC'd as them, uh, right. which was the giant uh, mammoth man. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, it was just kind of like I've always wanted to. Uh, engage more with like since Majora's Mask with the various creative fantasy races in Zelda like Gorons and Zoras specifically yeah and you got to do, got, got to do a bit of that in Majora's Mask uh, actually a good deal of that 
uh, in Twilight Princess, you would actually face several Gorons as enemy types and a yes. boss, which was a couple bosses, which is great. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, that. All the, Hyrule yeah, Warriors although, also. <laughs> I yeah. know. That's a cheap shot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and, you know, the later Zelda games, at least until Breath of the Wild, they kind of ignored Gorons and Zoras. Yeah. Uh, Skyward yeah. Sword was like, there was three Gorons and no Zoras in the whole thing. Was like, ah. Right. Well, because Zoras are weird. Like, it was meant to be weird when uh, uh, Rudo asked you for marriage when you were a kid. That was meant to be weird. Hey, I was like eight. She was like a cute fish lady. I wasn't like a uh, shipper or anything, but I thought Zoras were so cool with like the thin arms and they could like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the voice distortion when Link did the Zora melee attack combo. Right. Um, anyway. No lie. I still do the, uh, when the Zora King scoots over for you to get through. Weep. Weep. I do that when I'm getting it, like shuffling in and out of like a booth at a restaurant, just because I think it's funny. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can see you doing that. Um, <laughs> any, anyway, my point is, Breath of the Wild is more open world like this game. Right. But when you go to the NPCs, they're just they have that static like, oh, don't hit me. I'm a I'm an NPC animation, right? Right. You can't cross the line between friendly race and uh, enemy type. But you can in uh, Pine. For sure. Like, how, how cool would it be if you had a game where Rhydos and Zoras and Gerudo and uh, uh, Gorons were enemy types? Uh, uh, and that's, that's what excites me about the world of this one. Uh, just finding different ways to engage. And there's, like, a lot of survival systems. There's even a freaking kite, <laughs> like Breath of the Wild. Um, right. Yeah, I'm just, like, from, from what I've seen, there's some nice hit effects on the melee attacks, too, so I'm just excited to get into the game. Uh, it says it comes out this August on on all platforms. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I might pick it up. Um, it's not, like, a hard yes for me, but uh, it looks interesting, and I might end up picking it up just because my friend really is into the game, and he will probably talk our ears off about it until we play it. <laughs> So, yeah, um, looks pretty good. And there's, there's also some interior environments we saw, uh, right? Not just uh, like caves and like a couple of big houses. It's not all just wilderness environment, but hopefully the the more puzzly areas don't follow the trend of being in you a know, cave. It's all a shrine. Everything's freaking the Matrix with blue lights. <laughs> right the same music da, 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 da. yeah hopefully it's just not too much copied content right right um so speaking about being out in the wilderness uh this time in alaska uh the last game that i wanted to talk about is red lantern um also on the direct um so this is you are some lady who wants to participate and finish the Iditarod, which is the famous uh, dog sled race from, was it Nome, Alaska, to something else? I I can't remember the exact places, but um, they, if you ever seen the cartoon Balto, it's what that race is based off of, that journey. <laughs> um, the Iditarod uh, um, 
snow, uh, um, dog sledding race um, where they needed to get the diphtheria medicine like ASAP and everything was broken. So a dog sled team had to do it. Um, it's uh, sort of like a survival uh, roguelike game uh, in 3D where you're trying to keep your dogs alive and yourself alive and just finish the race. Um, I've played a drinking game whenever they said roguelike and that Nindies Direct. Yeah. And I died. And I'm not alive right now. I'm talking as a ghost. Well, yes. Um, I, yeah. I, I alcohol poisoned myself to death. It is an overused buzzword and genre for sure. Um, but this one interested me. Um, I actually really like... Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of the, the dog sledding stuff. Not that I've ever done it. Not that I ever will. I just think it's interesting. Because um, it's kind of a harrowing experience. Like, you know, like out in nature, you know got your team of dogs going out there um poor lady gets clotheslined in the trailer by a grizzly (laughs) and it eats her dogs and it eats her dogs yeah poor dogs but yeah it's also definitely ashley birch you are ashley birch the voice actor yes (laughs) um but yeah it's i don't know i i was very interested in it um i've We'll probably get that. I don't know when it comes out, but uh, it just seems like something really cool fits my personal interest uh, specifically. But that was it for me. Did um, you did you see any sort of core mechanic with the dog sledding, or is that just sort of a narrative premise? I didn't see any mechanics. I was all just it was all just a trailer to me. Like I didn't see any mechanics other than maybe some decision making stuff. Maybe. I don't know if there's any sort of execution to the gameplay. I'm sure we'll see closer to release, you know, what you're actually doing as far as like hitting buttons for, but <laughs> looks like it doesn't have a release window. It's just 2019. Right. Yeah. Which isn't super, uh, um, reassuring. Um, Flip a coin could be 2020. Right. <laughs> That's what that means. Right. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It looked interesting to me. Um, I just want to play it. <laughs> so uh, that's it for me. Do you have anything else to say, Haru? No, I was just really excited for uh, Pine and uh, yeah. that very strange uh, Zelda crossover that's not really a Zelda game, but a rhythm game. Watch it be your favorite Zelda game in the past 10 years. <laughs> past how many years? 10. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> what's that, like, Phantom Hourglass, Skyward Sword, and Breath of the Wild? <laughs> I know, that's why I said it. <laughs> cool. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Hyrule Warriors as well. Yes. Can't forget Hyrule Warriors. I like Hyrule Warriors a lot. I've been trying to find it. <laughs> All right, um... Okay, so we'll just wrap it up here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is Fort One uh, signing off. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Hunters Hub Pod, um, and I'll probably be tweeting about various random things lately, and also the podcast stuff. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've been all over the place with playing so many different games and doing so many different things. Um, but yeah, so I will see you guys next quest, and on that quest, where will we see you, Haro? Oh, I'm at uh, Zakane's Dead Grand on Twitter. Just, just white knuckled. 
just ripping Capcom's Twitter account. Where? Where is the Iceborne? Where's Iceborne. the info? We need it. Give us the Iceborne info. Oh, man. It's not going to be out until, like, May, and I'm just going to cry. Uh, you're saying they're going to delay it to May? Oh, no, the info. The it's inf- just, it's, that's just coming out spring. Spring, quotation marks, so could be anything for change. We'll see. Uh, I actually have uh, an idea to...